Good morning. Thank you, Dean. I'm glad to be back, believe me. It's not a good feeling to be sick. And uh, to stay away from church, that is tough for me. So I miss you all, but I'm back. I took antibiotics, so I'm not contagious anymore at all. And uh, one thing when we're singing, my heart shall sing when I pause to remember. But until then, my heart will go on singing. Until then, my heart will go on singing. Until what then, what is then there you're thinking of? Until the meeting with our Lord. Until we hear the trumpet. Until we hear him calling us. And he needs a trumpet. Because each one of us will be busy doing something. We might be sleeping. But not at church. Huh? <laughs> if I catch today someone sleeping, I don't think so. I'm going to call you by name. No. no. <laughs> but until then. Until then, my heart will go on singing. And I, I have a message today to call any person who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior to join the chorus. And my heart will say, my heart will go on singing. When the chorus of all the believers will go on singing at that moment. And they will say, and you know, we have a chorus. We've been practicing it since a long time. And that chorus says, Oh, death, where is your thing? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? And practice that. And if you're not, if you're not sure this morning, I hope by the time... We end up the meeting. That is say, I am going to be with the chorus singing. My heart will never stop singing until that day. Amen. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to the very, very well-known place in the book. Acts chapter 16. I'm not going to read it all. I'm going to read it few verses Because uh, I don't want to keep you more than the time allotted for me. This is Paul, the apostle. And Silas, one of the helpers who traveled at times with Paul, were visiting in Philippi, the city. We're, We're studying the book the letter to the Philippi. And then they had the first convert in Europe. What was her name? Lydia. Lydia you're all with me. Thank God. You're with me. Good. Lydia. We had, uh, we, we, Lydia is gone on her, her honeymoon. So she's not here. Okay. <laughs> we had her yesterday. God bless her. And after that, a little while after, they visited uh, As usual, they go to a place, they were by the seashore, and they started doing their work, which is gospel work in the 
city of Philippi. And uh, a woman followed them. And she, uh, she was started to say that they are gods walking amongst us. Paul, day after day after day, Paul, you know, he's a human being like us. He looked at her and he rebuked the demon in her. And this woman changed completely. But she was, she was bringing money to her superiors. And when her master saw that their hope of profit from this girl, from this girl, was completely cut off, they took Paul and Silas to jail. Let's take it from Acts chapter 16, verses 22. And the crowd rose up together against them, Paul and Silas. And the chief magistrate, which is like, uh, you will say, the governor, uh, chief magistrate, tore their robes off them. They tore the robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they were bleeding. They threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, the jailer, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake. So that the foundation of the prison house were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone's chains were unfastened. And when the jailer had been roused out of sleep. And had, been the, and had seen the prison doors open. He drew his sword. And wanted to commit suicide, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? One more verse, 31, and they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved, you and your household. May God bless his word. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. There are many important questions in life. But this question is the most important of all. What must I do to be saved? This is a very important question. It is the million dollar question. It is life's most important question because it is about salvation. It's about eternity. And it's humankind's greatest need and God's greatest gift. It is a personal question. Think of it. What must I do to be saved. Each person stands individually before God to answer this question. And to answer his or her relationship with God. It is an urgent question. One that emphasizes must. It is life's fundamental necessity. We cannot ignore it without personal and eternal damage to ourselves. 
It's sobering to think if the trumpet sounds today and that question is not answered by you, where will you spend that eternity when you stand before God? Let me present to you three steps quickly. Looking at that jailer, remember, he realized the very first thing from asking this question, that he has a need. He has a need. According to history, there were two chief officials in the city of Philippi. Philippi was a Roman colony in the northern part of Greece. Northern part of Greece. And the officers who were serving these magistrates, they were under them to carry their orders. Jailers were commonly retired army veterans. I had to check history. They were retired army veterans. Uh, and they were supposed, they excelled in their job and they were rewarded this job because it was a job, it looks like they had a house above the jail and everything was offered and afforded to them. Uh, but they were supposed to carry orders to the tea. They had military skills which was required for the prisoners. And when the jailer, this jailer, specific one, discovered that the prison gates were opened, he knew his life was at risk. Because the law says, if any of the prisoners escape, or any of the prisoners does something, that means you take his place, and one day, later on, that day, or sometime later, your life is for his. An earthquake happened. And thank God. When I was looking at the earthquake, I started smiling. I said, I said, God never places his people anywhere where he does not come and rescue them. He drew his sword. He wanted to kill himself. He thought every prisoner escaped. But Paul saw him in the doorway. He was still in his cell. But all the chains were broken. The stocks were off. Not Paul and Silas only. But every prisoner. But mind you, no one moved. When God does a miracle, he does it completely. He had the jailer in mind. No one moved. And when Paul saw him drawing his sword to kill himself, he said, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Not Paul and Silas. All here. Let's backtrack a little bit. This man was listening all night long. And he went upstairs to his house and comes down and goes there. They are singing. 
He took them in. They did not kill anybody. They did not steal. They were preaching the word of God. (coughs) Excuse me. And what happened? They were singing hymns in the midst of a situation like this. So many times they put their hands in stocks too. But I don't think they did this with Silas and Paul. But they put their feet there and they couldn't move. They are waiting. After all, and they were bleeding at the same time. (coughs) Excuse me. And he says, what kind of people? What kind of people are these? Christians, I have a word for you. When we are in trouble, what kind of people are we? How do people see Jesus in us? They saw Jesus in Paul and Silas. Don't you think so? They were praying. Thank you very much. They were praying, weren't they? And then they were singing. My heart shall sing. As if they were in a wedding. They were beaten. They were given really. It says here, they were, they took their shirts off. And they beat them with rods. What? For the sake of Jesus Christ. May I ask you, dear Christian this morning, what kind of a person you are and I am when we enter into some kind of a situation? God forbid like this one. But so many times we face situations in our lives. And I hope that we represent the Lord Jesus Christ the way he should be represented. They were okay. Knowing that their destiny is not in their hands. Their destiny is in the hands of Jesus Christ, their Savior. He allowed it. He'll find a way. He was thinking, what kind of people? And then... We've never had an earthquake in the, in the city of Philippi. What's this earthquake? What, what happened? Possibility that God came down and he wanted to release, to release all the prisoners. This guy came down crazy. He said, what's happening? And he saw his doors were open. No one is in chain. And they were all standing there. And he wanted to kill himself. And Paul says, do not kill yourself at all. As if the whole, all the prisoners were so affected by what happened. By what happened. Now, he called for torches <laughs> to dispel the darkness. He rushed in trembling. After thinking about all these things together, he rushed in trembling, it says, to Paul and Silas and asked this very important question. What must I do to be saved? Who taught you? He might have heard from Lydia. Some people got saved. Well, he heard, he saw something, a phenomenon there that never happened before. 
He saw a earthquake that opened the doors and every door of the jail. And what must I do? This man saw his need and asked the ultimate question. Do we see your need today? And we, when you see your need, do you ask this ultimate question, what must I do to be saved? If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, this is the opportunity. This is your opportunity to say, Lord Jesus, I need you. He knew something was wrong in his life. And he was honest about it. You know, he was honest about it. He didn't say, okay, let's get all together, close the doors, nothing has happened. No, he was so honest about it. And you know what? It's hard to be honest with ourselves about our spiritual need. So many times say, one day will come. Tomorrow. Before I got saved, I think I made a commitment in my heart to the Lord. False commitment about seven times. I say, okay, I'm going to walk with Christ. I knew the whole way. I knew. I knew the way. I knew, I knew how to live, how to be a Christian. But I never saw my need to a crucified Christ. He realized that this very moment, there's a power greater than the magistrates or the governor. Greater than Caesar. Greater than Rome. Greater than them all. And greater than all the armies in the world. There is a power. This power has been shown to him by these two and their and God how they interfered. The power of the almighty God. He discovered that he is powerless. Do you agree with that? Powerless. You know, God forbid, if we have, if we have, if we, we might have an earthquake in California. Can you do something about it? Oh yeah, you can go hide under the table. Find a table. Find the dining room table and hide. I have the plan. I said, I'll hide, hide under the table. Yeah, there's no way. You cannot do anything. If God is going to speak to us, speak to the Californians with an earthquake, what are you going to do? And this is what happened to the man. What are you going to do, Mr. Jailer? He didn't know what to do. He must see his need and he saw it. And he was completely powerless. He couldn't do anything about it. Praying, singing, and then earthquake. This is, I haven't seen this before. They have no armies. They have no one to support them. And it seems the almighty God came down and supported them. And believe me, I would say yes. He knew then something was wrong in his life. He's doomed, paralyzed, lost. One thing to his credit, 
he was honest about his need. You know, we can talk to ourselves out of giving our life to Jesus Christ. So many people say, you know, at a more opportune time. Like someone in the Bible. Come later, Paul. Or Adel, I hear you. You're right. I believe in Jesus. But unless you take Jesus as your personal Savior, your whole belief, your respect to Christianity is, is well taken care of. Until it is a personal situation between you and God. And settle the account immediately in your seat. You are still, like this man, lost. I beg you this morning, be honest with yourself. Like this man. What must I do? Don't leave this place without asking, what must I do? Let me bring your attention. Three things that this Satan is going to try to, to <coughs> divert you. Number one, don't let Satan blind your eyes. You know what the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 4.4? 4, I read it. The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Be careful. Be careful. Don't be blinded by Satan. Satan is our foe. He is your foe. He doesn't want you to get saved. He doesn't care for you to get saved. He wants to take you to his abode. And where does Satan live? In hell. I say it. Jesus spoke about it. Satan lives in hell. He was cast out of heaven. Of paradise. With all his demons. His army. And he lives in hell. And he wants some occupants in hell. He has places there. And he's working. To get each and every person there. And the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ are working to get each and every person into heaven. And guess what? Jesus wins. He won this man. He won this man. Sin, sin deceives us. And our hearts deceive us. You know what says the heart in Jeremiah says, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Don't trust your heart. Don't trust your feelings. Don't trust anything in this world. Trust the nudging of the Holy Spirit. If God is speaking to you today, like this man, what shall I do? Realize his needs and he accepted the need. And you know what? Excuse me. You know what? What was the medication that Paul gave him or what 
were the things that Paul asked the jailer to do. What did he tell him? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. You don't have to, you don't have to go to Jerusalem. He said, wait till you take a trip and visit the tomb of, of the Lord Jesus Christ and walk the Via Dolora, the Lord. The law, the, I forgot it. <laughs> you don't have to visit tomb. You don't have to go to Bethlehem. You don't have to go to the church and pay there two hundred dollars. If it were Dean, Dean would collect the two hundred dollars. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do 20 times our Father that's in heaven or 100 times doing this and that. You don't have to give to Saint Adol or Saint this one and that one and others. You don't have to do these things. This is, these are not in the Bible. What is in the Bible here? I can see it what it says. What shall I do to be saved? And they said, both of them, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Isn't that easy? Isn't that easy? It's so easy. It's been paved. The road has been paved. Someone else walked. Walked via Dolorosa. Someone else, Jesus Christ. He walked carrying his cross all the way. I walked it, by the way. He went all the way to that hill. Someone else was crucified for you. Someone else died for you. Someone else carried your sins away. Someone else took all your guilt. And he said, forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. And he bowed his head and died for you and me. And thank God he did not stay in the grave more than three days. He rose victorious. He left your sins there, the rose victorious, to live forevermore. And that's why we have a living God. A living God to hear your prayers. A living God to say, come to me now and I will save you. Come to me and I will give you eternal life. Come to me, I will change your life completely. This life that you're living, this fake life, forget it. This life of worry, forget it. This life of, of guilt, throw it away. I threw all your guilt, all your sins, past, present, and the sins that you are going to commit in the future. I have died for it all. And here, 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 accept me and accept what I have done for you. You don't have to do anything. He's done it all. He even died for you. So when you die, it won't be eternal death. When you die, it will be momentary. It will be a transit. You transit through the valley of death. And then suddenly, you will be rising to be with Jesus forever and evermore. My heart shall sing when I pause to remember. And you will be able to sing that song with the jailer. When the jailer, he accepted the Lord. And what happened? What happened when he accepted the Lord? Let me tell you one thing. He took them home. Home was upstairs. He took them home. 
and he had water. And he looked at their wounds. They were bleeding. They were bleeding. And he took care of their wounds. And told his wife about him. Accepting the Lord. His wife said, and his family. We accept the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. And you know what? Later on they joined Lydia and all the rest. And a church was born in all Philippi. And it became the jewel of churches in that city. It's because... Jesus died for every sinner in that city. And Jesus died for every sinner in San Ramon. Every sinner in Danville. Every sinner in this world, Jesus died for. And then you can ask, what shall I do to be saved? What can I do? Is there anything I can do? My answer is from the Bible. There's nothing you can do except accept Jesus as your Savior. Would you accept him today? Would you take him as your savior today? You must know though. That there is a need. And you are powerless. And he himself. Can fulfill. That void. You have a void in your heart. You know what God wants? He wants to save you. You're not here by pure, ah, well, we passed by, we entered the door, they told us it's a church, we want to check it out. It's good to check it out. Well, you're going to hear one thing, Jesus saves. We're not hiding anything. We preach the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. God wants to save you. And this is why God in John 3.16, what did he say? He loved the world that he gave his son to save you. God did something you cannot do. He stooped down. Have you been in a situation like this jailer? He says, hey guys, I don't know what to do. Have you been in a situation? We don't know what we do, what to do. And you're looking for a solution? Well, your soul is more precious than anything you have in this world. And the solution, if you're asking, what do I do? My answer is, take the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And when you walk out through these doors, you will be a new person. A new man and a new woman. He provided also, as we said, he provided the solution. Jesus Christ died on the cross. You know what Paul said? It is a faithful saying and deserves full attention that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners, among whom I am chief. If Paul was the chief, praise God, we are all soldiers, sinners, but saved by grace. Just look at the cross and see how much God loves you. What must I do to be saved? Nothing except Jesus Christ as your Savior. One last word for you this morning. If your heart was listening to this simple message, open the doors of your heart. And you know what? The moment you open the door, he will come in. He will come in.
And that's what happened to the jailer. Christ saved him and his household. He believed. He surrendered. He did not argue. He didn't say, let's sit down and discuss it. I believe this. I believe that. He, he, he was not. Paul did not even discuss anything with him. He came humbly. He came asking. He has a need. Powerless. And Jesus Christ will fulfill your need. You will be amazed when you come to Jesus Christ to fulfill this yearning, spiritual yearning in your heart. He will fulfill it and fulfill all the needs of your life altogether. He'll take care of your business. Because you know why? You become, you become a child of His. And as a child of His, He takes care of His children. He would never leave you nor forsake you. And when is the time to do it? The Bible says, now is the time. I hope you can say, I open the door of my heart and receive Jesus Christ as my Savior this morning. Let's bow our heads for prayers. While you're praying, I don't know what's going into your heart. I don't know the thoughts that you have. I have no idea what you're thinking. But think of your soul, of your life, of your future. Say, Lord Jesus, I cannot handle it by myself. Please take my life and manage it for me. First, spiritually, spiritually save me. Do you believe in that? If you believe, pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I don't know what to do. I have no power in myself, but I lift up my eyes and my heart toward you. Take me, change me, and save me. And he will make of you a new man and a new woman. And may his name be praised in your life. Our Father, we are thankful for the word of God that assures us that salvation is in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior alone. We pray that you speak to the hearts that are still away from you. Change lives, Lord. Through the Holy Spirit, enter the lives of those people who do not know you yet and save them and give them eternal life. We thank you for this moment we spent in your presence. May you, we ask you to dismiss us and be with us this day and protect us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.